Welcome to the show. I'm Shane Norton, a.k.a. The Sports Car Nobody, and this is episode 31 of the Sports Car Nobody podcast. Oh, man, I am excited to simply say that I am completely and utterly back from my COVID troubles that plagued me uh, two weeks ago, whenever it was, when I was sick for like five days and all that brutalness that came with that. But I got back to work last week. I've been able to go out in the public, which is incredible. One of the worst parts about about my COVID situation was the two full weeks that I couldn't even leave my house except to go mow the lawn, even when I was feeling better, but still testing positive. So I didn't want to get out there. But yeah, been able to get out, been able to mingle, been able to actually see other human beings outside of my home, which is great. Uh, So that has been wonderful. Really excited to be pretty much back to 100%. So once again, thank you to everybody who was patient with the uh, late episodes and all those sorts of things that came from me getting really brutally sick. Um, but all right, enough about that. Uh, something I want to bring up, my wife actually pointed out to me that I never mentioned this. I haven't mentioned it on my social media. I didn't mention the podcast. I don't know. It kind of didn't feel like it was super important to do, but I'm going to do it. If you haven't noticed on my social media, I have a brand new Sports Card Nobody logo. Yes, I do. I'm excited about it. When I first started this little shindig, I I created my logo on my own. I was just kind of getting things done. I was working on working on so many different things that I wanted wanted to do to get the show up and running, which at the time was a YouTube show, so it included a lot of uh, technical things I had to do to get the cameras working and all those sorts of things, but Uh, The logo, you know, I had the elements that I wanted and and I built the logo myself and I was actually pretty happy with the way it came out. It it said what I wanted it to say. It popped, you know, decently well, but it was pretty obvious as this moved along that it was something that was pretty amateur, I guess. Um, And I wanted to spruce it up a little bit. So I talked to my beautiful, amazing wife, who is an artist. She's an illustrator. She can um, illustrate both physical, you know, media painting and drawing and all those sorts of things, but she can also, uh, create things digitally. And she helped me really kind of, uh, for months, for months, we worked on coming up with a new logo that popped the same way that I wanted it to, but was still simple, but still had the elements that I liked. And after a lot, a lot of different options, we came to what you will now see on all my social media that, um, pink is still there. Still got the blues. Those two colors are my favorite color combination. Sports card, nobody. It pops really, really nice. I'm so thrilled with the way that it came out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Let me know what you think. Do you like the new logo? What do you think compared to the old one? Um, I, I really like it. I'm pretty proud of the way it came out, like I said. And so much so that I'm actually working on getting some merchandise made. You know, simple stuff for myself. Nothing that I'm going to be selling or anything like that. But, um, um, when I go to the national, which I'm going to talk about in the main topic of this here episode, I will be sporting some t-shirts and hats with that new logo. Uh, so if you see me and you see that logo, say, hi, I'm Shane Norton, AKA the sports car, nobody, uh, but yeah, pumped about that. You know, so again, huge shout out and thank you to my amazing wife who supports this whole thing. She's such a wonderful, wonderful partner in life and and really, you know, just supporting all of the things that I try to do, all the different hobbies I get into. So 
I love you, sweetheart. You are the best. But all right. Uh, Like I said at the top of this show, this is episode 31, and I am now going to do my weekly kickoff, and that is the countdown of the greatest athletes to ever wear the number jersey of the episode I'm in. This is episode 31, so I'm counting down the top five athletes to ever wear the number 31. I'm not going to waste much time and jump right into it. Number five greatest athletes ever wear the number 31, Billy Smith, goaltender for the New York Islanders went to the Hall of Fame in 1993. He was a one-time All-Star. He won the Smith, Vezina, and Jennings trophies. But listen, you know why he really stands out? He stands out because as odd of a, or I guess unique of a career that he had, where he pretty much split his regular season time with Glenn Resch for the Islanders, Billy Smith really made himself stand out and became a postseason monster where he would become the starting goaltender for the Islanders team that went on to win four straight Stanley Cups. And for that, Smith finds himself as the number five athletes ever with a number 31, which brings us to number four, Fergie Jenkins, MLB pitcher, went to the Hall of Fame in 1991. He won the Cy Young Award in 1971, but he had four other top five finishes, and he ended up with three all-star appearances in his career. And that brings us to number three, Mike Piazza. This one is a little bit of a sore spot for me as a Dodgers fan. Uh, He went to the Hall of Fame as a Met. He started his career with the Dodgers, won the Rookie of the Year in 2016. Or I'm sorry, won the Rookie of the Year in 1993, went to the Hall of Fame in 2016. He was a 12-time All-Star. He won the Silver Slugger 10 times And he finished his career with 399 home runs as a catcher, which is the most all-time by the position, according to Stat Muse. Mike Piazza coming up at number three, just behind our number two athlete. Man, oh man, how fun was it to watch this guy, Reggie Miller, one of the greatest shooters in the history of the NBA, fourth all-time in the NBA three-pointer list, went to the Hall of Fame in 2012. He was a five-time All-Star, three times named the All-NBA team, and how about that insanely iconic moment where he just went up to uh, Spike Lee giving the choke symbol, the choke gesture as he uh, buried the Knicks. What an unbelievably fun talent to watch when he was in his prime but you know who was just even better to watch the number one greatest athlete of all time to ever wear the number 31 greg maddox oh man this guy could absolutely put the ball anywhere he wanted when he was in his prime and that resulted in four Cy Young Awards, which were consecutive from 1992 to 1995. He went to the Hall of Fame in 2014. He was a World Series champ in 1995 as part of that insane Braves team that won 14 straight division titles, eight-time All-Star, won the ERA title four times. I'm telling you, if you if you have never seen Greg Maddox pitch, you should go back and and look what he could do with the ball. He wasn't throwing 101 miles per hour like everybody is in, the, in baseball nowadays. But what he was doing was putting the ball exactly where he wanted. Uh, I remember when he came over to the Dodgers, which was way at the tail end of his career, and and me telling my uh, you know my now wife, my girlfriend at the time, I was like, just just look where the catcher puts his glove and watch how it doesn't move an inch, and the ball just just 
like a BB, like a dart, just bang, right into the mitt. God, Maddox was something else, something to behold. He put together uh, his 1995 season, one of the greatest single-season performances of all time. I mean, when you look up the greatest years ever done, he pops up on almost every single list. Greg Maddox, just a incredible incredible athlete to watch i really implore you to go go check out footage of his career if you did not get to watch him when he was going and and you know all of that listen of all the things he's accomplished i guess this is probably his proudest moment because here he is showing up on the sports card nobody podcast as the number one greatest athlete of all time everywhere the number 31 congratulations greg maddox another feather in your cap but listen this is a sports card podcast not just a sports podcast. So why don't we talk about his cards? If you're interested in getting a rookie card, uh, you're a little bit fortunate in the fact that he uh, came up at a time when cards were um, a little more junkish, as it's called. Uh, his 1987 Donruss number 36 has a pop of about 2600 in a PSA 10, and you can get that for about 180 bucks. Super affordable for a GOAT. And you can also grab his 1987 Tops Traded number 70T as a pop of about 4100 PSA 10 sell for about 86 bucks. Uh, something I've been trying to do though is move away from just the rookie stuff. You know, if you if you want Maddox's rookie stuff, that is super attainable. You could find those pretty easily. But maybe you want something a little more, uh, you know, something with a little more pizzazz, something with a little more something to it. And if you're interested, uh, browsing eBay today, as I went to uh, right before I went to record, there is a 2016 Topps Museum Collection autographed premium prints number to 25, a really striking horizontal black and white card that is selling for 150 bucks OBO on eBay right now. It might sell by the time this goes live, but it gives you an idea of where some of his stuff stands. Something really cool that I saw though. Uh, he has a 2022 Tops Definitive Dual Auto with both himself and Tom Glavin. Tom Glavin was one of the other just unreal pitchers as part of that Braves dynasty. Uh, they were loaded. They had Smolty too. Uh, really something crazy how good they were. That card is numbered to 35, and there's actually two on eBay as I am recording this. One is up for auction right now, currently at a $105 bid. And that ends on Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. So that is tomorrow um, as I'm recording this. And there's also another one of those up that is or best offer with an asking price of 500 bucks. That is not too shabby for a card with two goats, two Hall of Famers. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I really dig. The rookie stuff is amazing. But if you're looking for something a little more unique, a little more special, you can find some great Greg Maddox stuff without really having to break the bank. But that's it. That's the list. Those are the greatest athletes to ever wear. The number 31. Let's recap real fast. Number five, Billy Smith. Number four, Fergie Jenkins. Number three, Mike Piazza. Number two, Reggie Miller. And number one, the incomparable Greg Maddox. What do you think? How'd that list turn out this week? Do you agree? Do you disagree? I would love to hear what you think. If you have any opinions on it, if you want to yell at me, if you want to support me, if you want to tell me how great it was, don't hesitate. You can find me at Sports Card Nobody on Instagram. Slide into the DMs anytime you want. You can find me at Sport Card Nobody on Twitter. 
and you can find me on Facebook as well. But listen, if you're enjoying this, if you're enjoying anything I'm doing, if you want to help the show grow, if you want to hear more from me, best way to do that, leave a review at your podcast hub of choice, subscribe. And more importantly, if you are interested in helping me out in any way, shape, or form, the best thing you can do is share this. Share this with friends, share this with family, share this with anybody you think might care about anything I have to say. Yes, yes, yes. All right. I want to get in to the main topic of the show, and that is the fact that the national, the national sports card convention is coming. It is right around the corner today. As I record this is Monday, July 19th. So we are about a week and a few days away. A week and change away from the biggest sports card show of the year. I have never attended and I am so, so pumped to be going for the first time this year. It is going to be in my backyard here in Atlantic City. It's just a couple hour drive away from me. So, uh... I've been planning this thing for months. I have been planning this for months. I bought the VIP ticket deal, which comes with like, you know, entry to like all five days of the show, plus a whole VIP package and all these different things that comes with it and access to VIP autographs. Uh, I I don't even know if it's going to be worth it. I have no idea. I am interested in the fact that one of the perks is each day I will get access to the show floor 30 minutes before the general public. I imagine it will still be packed at, uh, I think it's 9.30 is when we are allowed in and 10 a.m. when the general uh, general public is allowed in. I am sure it'll still be packed. I really don't know what to expect. Like I said, I've never done this before. I'm excited and, and to be honest, I'm a little bit nervous too. Um, one of the things I've, I've just absolutely blown <laughs> is is um my budget. I've talked about this a few times on the show, how I had had some cards in mind that I really wanted to target. Um, they were a little more expensive. Definitely, I was targeting cards that were going to be more expensive than anything I had ever bought, probably as much as several of my most expensive pieces that I'd ever bought. But then I fell down the WWE 2020 finest rabbit hole and I just kept spending money to add to that collection and I don't regret it at all. But what it means is I'm not really sure what my spending budget is going to be at the show. And I'm going to try my best not to spend it all on day one. I would like to have stuff to look at throughout the uh, the entire time I'm there. But whatever. You know, again, I, I don't regret it. I am a card collector. I'm not here just to go to one one show and, and spend money there. If there's opportunities to buy, I have to take advantage of those opportunities. And I am super stoked with the way that collection has turned out so far. So it is what it is. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what it what it shapes up to be my spending while I'm there. But but all right. Uh, so obviously I blew my budget. <laughs> obviously that prep didn't go well. But some of the other prep that I have been doing, uh, I want to talk about that. And I'm curious, you know, when I'm when this is all said and done, if any of you have been prepping for this and what it looks like, you know, reach out and say hi on those social media uh, areas that I've told you about. Because I'd love to talk with folks who've either been in the national before or going for the first time, maybe share some ideas or, or whatever. But uh, one thing I learned most recently at the um, the ECCA show, 
at Mohegan Sun here in Connecticut. A really fun show put on by Scott DeMay. Um, I was super, super pumped to, to go to that and, and really take that in. It's it's probably the biggest show I've, I've been to uh, twice now. Uh, but what I learned there was having a case for your cards is very important, especially if you intend to go to a trade night, which I did uh, at day one of that Mohegan show. Uh, Scott DeMay was phenomenal. He hooked me up with a case, so I had something to carry my stuff around in, and it really made a massive, massive difference in the way that I could carry my things around and show them to other folks and, you know, do that whole thing. So what I wanted to do was, you know, be a little more prepared for that, for the national. Uh, I, you know, did research on YouTube and on Google and talked to friends and really the, the most prevalent advice that I came across was that you really should just buy an Apache case from Harbor Freight. They're inexpensive. They're robust. They're customizable. So I said, okay. I drove over to, drove over to Harbor Freight near me and picked up the Apache 2800 case for both myself and my buddy Justin, who is on Instagram as um, Suplexes and Slapshots. So if you're interested in uh, wrestling and hockey cards, definitely go check him out. But he and I will be going on this trip together. So I picked up a case for each of us. I got a bright orange one and I got him a black one. Uh, that was a huge step in my in my preparation. Um, you know, like I talked about, I wanted to be able to carry my cards around and in a, in a secure, safe manner. And this thing is absolutely perfect, especially for the amount of cards that I have. The 2800 is the the second of the second smallest case that they have, I believe. I think there's one step down and maybe one and two steps up from it. But for the amount of cards that I have, this was is really pretty perfect. It seems comfortable to walk around with. Uh, I think it's going to work out great. Now, if you are interested in getting one of these, I just want to give you a slight warning to really think about the way you're going to customize it before you do it. Because the way it works is inside of the case, there's four pieces of foam. There's one piece that sticks to the top, um, the top of the case where it opens up. Then there's two levels of what's called um, pick and pluck foam, I think it is. Then on the bottom, there's basically like a, a floor level of foam. To fit migrated cards, I have a lot of SGC cards, I have HGA cards, and I have PSA cards. So I have a, pretty much you know, a, three different companies, and they're all different sizes. The SGC is the tallest and the biggest of them. In order to get those to fit comfortably... You have to remove both the floor level foam and that, I guess, what you'd call ceiling level foam. Just pull those out. I replace both of those with felt, you know, something soft so that should the case touch the top of the of the the, uh, the slabs, it's at least something soft and preventing scratches. That worked out great. What did not work out so great is I was going into the customization part of the pick and pluck foam with the idea that I wanted to make sure it was more, I guess, secure than anything else. And what I mean by that is is basically there's there's really small square, long square pieces and you pull them out and you pull out as many as you need to fit the cards that you want. So what I did was I left two rows of protection um, bordering the card. So it was from the left side of the case, there's two rows of protection, then two rows in the front, then on the right side, two rows in. Ultimately, what that did was it only allowed me to create 
two rows to hold the cards. If I had maybe thought it through a little bit more, and instead of worrying about the two rows of protection and just went with one row, I could have fit a third row, which would allow me to fit a lot more cards. So I'm pretty bummed in the way that I set that up. I think it's going to be okay, though. I'm not exactly, you know, you know, loaded with cards that I'm bringing anyway. I think for what I want to bring, it's going to be fine. But as my collection grows, it'll, it will definitely be something that I'm not thrilled with long term. I started to look up what I could do to replace that foam. And as far as I can tell, it's approximately 20 to 25 bucks to replace the foam. The case itself costs about 25 to 30 bucks. So it doesn't really make a ton of sense. I'm probably better off just buying a new case if I'm going to go that way. But for the moment, whatever. It's fine. Uh, you know, once I get the, the final inventory that I want to bring, I'm sure I'm going to be able to comfortably get it in and, uh, and transport it. So you live and learn. Hopefully, if you're interested in doing this, you're listening to this podcast and you're taking away these tips. And when you get your case, you don't make the same, same possible mistakes that I made. Um, and if you, if you really, if you do want to go this route and you, and you want a little more advice or you want some tips, you want some photos or whatever, feel free to reach out to me again at the, you know, on Instagram at sports card, nobody on Twitter at sports card, nobody. I'm super happy to talk with you about it and let you know, you know, where I, where I fell short and what I think could be better. And, and if you're curious about the felt change that I made too, um, yeah, all that stuff, happy to talk about it. So that was the big step one of prep that I've been doing. Uh, next up, I've already started to do it, but I won't finish probably until um, this weekend, I imagine, this upcoming weekend. But that's figuring out what that inventory is going to be. Which cards do I want to bring with me? It's, you know, I, I have it in my head that I want to bring the majority of my slab stuff, even my PC stuff, even the stuff that I don't want to actively get rid of. Um, but my buddy, Justin, again, uh, suplexes and slap shots on Instagram. He asked me, he's like, are you really like bringing some of that stuff? Like, would you get rid of your red Bret Hart? And my answer is, I mean, no, but I don't know if somebody has the super fractor and they want the red and there's some sort of a deal I can work out. Uh, you know, I might make the sacrifice in order to upgrade to a super fractor, right? You know, who knows what I'm going to see when I'm at, when I'm at this show. I mean, this thing is massive. This thing is overwhelming. This has one of the biggest and supposedly best trade nights ever put on by Card Collector 2. I don't don't know what I'm going to see. I don't know. I'd be pretty mad if I get an an opportunity to trade up to something, uh, but I didn't bring a card with me because I didn't think I would move it. And all of a sudden, it could have gotten me into something I really want to be in. So we'll see. I believe I'm going to bring a good chunk of my stuff even the stuff that I consider a personal collector item that I don't intend to actively move. So we'll see. Uh, so beyond selecting the inventory, though, another vital, vital step is is getting everything as fairly priced as possible. So I'll be doing that as well as I figure out the inventory. I'll go through the cards, do the card ladder searches, the eBay searches, uh, 130 point, whatever it takes to really come up with a a fair price on this stuff. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely underwater, you know, on some of the cards that I have, but it is what it is. I'm going to price everything pretty aggressively. 
you know, if I want to move it, if it's stuff I don't want to move, I'll probably put it at the higher end of comps or above comps just, you know, because I'm not going to, I want my arm twisted to get rid of some of those things. But for the most part, I'm, I'm going to try to price things competitively for both potential sales or trades. Um, so that that's the next big step is finish getting that inventory right and then getting those prices right. And the strategy that I think I'm going to go with, I did this at the Mohegan show and it worked out pretty well, but I'm planning to just stick a post-it note on the back of, on the back of the slabs with the price that I'm asking and, uh, and use that as my negotiation point. And we'll see how that works out. Um, so yeah, that's step two is get that inventory right. Step three, though, again, is something I've already been working on, but is going to really be pretty important to this whole trip, and that is figuring out my schedule. Uh, like I said, I'm going up with my buddy Justin, so trying to figure out what time we're going to leave, whether it's like four or five o'clock in the morning to drive there. We'll see. Uh, there's so much going on, and especially with the VIP stuff. You know, um, day one, there's a VIP party hosted by Pristine Auctions. I want to be at that. Every single morning, there's a VIP gift distribution. I'm trying to take advantage of everything that I paid for with that ticket. You know, I other than just the, the 30, 30 minute, you know, um, 30 minute time, you know, early entry, 30 minute early entry is what I'm trying to say. And the autographs, uh, I want to know what these gifts are. I don't know if they're going to be worth it, if they're just swag or, you know, tchotchke things or whatever i don't know there might be something cool in there i'll want so uh i'm definitely going to try to take advantage of every vip perk that i can if i can get up early enough every day if i'm feeling the right energy i i absolutely intend to do that uh so that's definitely been something i've been trying to stare at and talk to justin about is you know what does day one look like what does day two look like what does day three look like so we'll definitely get that hammered down and, and figure it out. You know, what is the absolute most important thing that I want to do while I am at this show? And what are the things I might want to pass on? You know, like I can go take a break here or, you know, maybe leave the show early this day and just go have fun this particular day. Uh, we'll see. You know, I will have some friends who are going to come visit since we're kind of close by and we're in Atlantic City. So I plan to do some Atlantic City stuff. I plan to play play some uh blackjack or poker or whatever it might be and i definitely plan to have a couple drinks i'm sitting at a table so this won't all you know the whole trip won't be entirely about sports cards Uh, supposedly there's an imax theater in our hotel and maybe we'll take a break at some point and go see nope we'll see anyway figuring out the schedule that's huge huge step that uh i need to take as i prep for this big show uh and, and similar vein though for the prep and figuring out schedules and all that. And that's uh, talking to people that I hope to meet up with. I talked about this in my last episode. I've been talking about it on social media with different folks, but I am so sincerely hoping to meet up with with different people that I've met on social media, that I've met through this podcast, that I've met going to the Mohegan show. It would be great to shake hands, sit down and have a dinner and have some drinks with some folks that I've become friendly with through these social media platforms, but it would be great now. Okay. You're an actual real person. I'm a real person. It's nice to actually really meet you. Um, you know, quick story about that, you know, in that same vein, after the show early August, I have a really special event that I will be driving to, uh, I think in Pennsylvania, if I remember correctly, it's kind of slipping my mind right now, but for the first time in my life, 
I am going to meet Bret Hart at a meet and greet. I'm going to have him autograph something. I'm going to get a photo with him. And there is an individual that I've, you know, communicated with for a while now, uh, Chris Brancanto on Twitter. He's become a social media friend of mine, a card collecting friend of mine. He's going to the event. In fact, he's the reason I know about the event. He posted about it. And I said, oh my God, where is this? And and made it all work out that I'm going to get to go and meet my favorite wrestler of all time. And with somebody uh, that I've become friendly with and that I'm going to get to meet in real, in real life. But he's actually going to be at the National as well. So we'll get to have a hopefully a pre-meeting before our, our little Bret Hart excursion. You know, I, I talk about this so much, but man, I love that. I love the fact that I'm making these relationships and these bonds with complete strangers over a hobby that we enjoy, collecting cards, watching wrestling, being Dodgers fans. That's something big that's just recently happened is I've gotten a part of a Dodgers uh, Twitter, uh, I don't know, group chat or whatever it's called. And that's been great. That's been fun, you know, talking to a whole bunch of strangers about this something that we love. It's just great, man. I love that so much about this hobby. I love it so much about this podcast. It's it's really the biggest reason I do this was to try to build those relationships. So, so that those are really the biggest things that I'm doing to prep for the national. I finally got myself a case. I'm getting my inventory straight plus the the uh, proper pricing, getting the schedules figured out. What I'm going to be doing on a day to day basis, and really going to start pushing to figure out when I can meet up with individuals that I've become friendly with over these last several months. So that's my big plans, man. I'm really excited for the national. Uh, I'll have one episode left next week that I'll record on Monday before I go to the show. So I'm sure it's going to be another national heavy episode. I would like to get a guest on. So hopefully I'll get a guest on where we can actually talk about the show and what we're expecting and all those sorts of things. But we'll see. Uh, We'll figure that out as I go. Um, but I, I am really thrilled. I'm excited. If again, I, I said this in the end of last episode, I want to say it again. If you are going to the show, please reach out to me, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all those things. Don't hesitate. Say hi, say, yeah, I am also going to the show and let's see if we can figure out a meetup. Um, I, I would really genuinely love to meet up with as many people as possible, even if it means sacrificing time on the show floor, because, um, I, I would really appreciate just the hellos. I appreciate the, uh, you know, the camaraderie and all those sorts of things. But, you know, listen, that's pretty much all I got for this show. That's 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 episode 31. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the countdown. I hope you enjoyed you were able to take something about my national prep and apply it to your own. And if you're going, I can't wait to see you there. But uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. I love the support. I love getting a chance to interact with all of you the show has allowed me to do that in so many different ways so thank you thank you thank you all right i'll shut up have a good night